Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Are you feeling down? Not enough drama in your life? Have you run out of conversation topics for when you have lunch with your coworker? For all these situations and more, try gossip. Gossip is available everywhere, all the time. Gossip contains all natural emotions like envy, judgment, and schadenfreude. Gossiping provides you with a full body workout using dynamic movements like throwing shade, spilling tea, and running off it at the mouth. Whew. After a full day of gossip, you'll be ready for a good night's rest. Four out of five hairdressers say that you should try gossip. They also say that Jessica lied about not being too sick to go to her niece's christening and that she was actually in Vegas with her sister's ex-boyfriend. So, girl, you didn't hear from me. As the saying goes, a gossip a day keeps the kids entertained. Now, more than ever, let's gossip. Common side effects of gossip include nausea, diarrhea, dehydration, a sudden rush of adrenaline, lingering guilt, addiction to influencer drama TikToks, and sleeplessness brought on by obsessive thoughts about the Kardashians. Do not take gossip if you have a family history of being able to dish it, but not able to take it. Beyonce? You look like Luther Vandross. Ho. Oh, but make it fashion. It's Britney Allen. We were rooting for you, Tiffany. We were all rooting for you. Who said that? Welcome to Back Issue, a weekly podcast that revisits formative moments in pop culture that we still think about. I'm Josh Quinn. You know, it's time for us to step back and ask the big questions. Do we really have free will? Are humans good or evil? Does life carry any inherent meaning, or is it just a lie we tell ourselves so that we're not afraid to get out of bed in the morning? Girl, I'm just kidding. We talking about gossip this week. And the we today is me and self-proclaimed knower of all drama, Rachel Hampton, a culture writer at Slate and host of the podcast, I See Why Am I. It's a show all about the capital I internet, sort of the current gossip factory. And if you like Back Issue, I know you're going to love I See Why Am I. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, Josh. What's good? I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I've never been introduced as knower of all, so I'm adding that to my <laughs> resume right now. Put it on there. I'ma do it. <laughs> One thing I do know for sure is that we've got a full docket for today's episode. First, we're taking a little field trip inside the human brain to find out why it feels kind of incredible to gossip. Then we're literally going to get schooled in celebrity gossip studies by an actual professor, Andrea McDonald. And finally, we're sitting down with Bobby Finger and Lindsay Weber, hosts of the podcast Who Weekly, to learn 
R A to Z's of celebrities. From Ava Matz to Zendaya. I'm so glad they're coming. We need help. Help us, you're our only hope. <laughs> <laughs> but before any of that, I actually think we need to take a little jaunt down memory lane and go back, 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 back. back. <laughs> Josh, what is the first thing you think of when you hear the word gossip? I mean, my mind goes straight to music. Like, I remember being in the back of my parents' car, listening to Timex Social Club, that, like, 80s bop. It had, like, the drum kit and the synth, and it's Mm -hmm. like, look at all these rumors you're thinking of. Look at all these rumors surrounding me every day. I just need some time, some time to get away from. Uh, There's this episode of The Proud Family where Penny Proud covers that song. Mm I'm not going to lie. I thought that was an original Penny Proud <laughs> moment. Iconic. And I'm glad to find out that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> the number one thing I think of when I hear the word gossip is the underrated millennial bop by none other than Lindsay Lohan herself, Rumors. Wow. (laughs) You just put me into a time machine. Uh, Just iconic. Iconic. A music legend. We stand. But I will say, Lindsay might have been wrong in this song because I, for one, am not and never have been sick and tired of rumors. (laughs) (laughs) I am all about them. Now, Rachel, how did you get indoctrinated into the world of celebrity gossip? So, I think my mom was always a bit of a gossip. I hope she's not listening to me. <laughs> and so, I just I started to think everyone's business was my business. Mm. And then, celebrity-wise, my first real moment where I was like, this is for me, was when Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson broke up. The community was going <laughs> through it. I was going through it personally. <laughs> I have never experienced a heartbreak like that. Uh. <laughs> what about you, Josh? The first piece of celebrity gossip news that I think I was like heavily invested in was the change from Destiny's Child as a foursome <sighs> to Destiny's Child as a trio. Oh it was God. An apocalyptic explosion. Yes. Up was down, down was right. I had no idea (laughs) what was going on. And this girl joins Destiny's Child for like six months, Farah, and then she leaves too. And I'm just like, what is going on? And I remember all of these like GeoCity freaking Angel Fire websites about how people hated Beyonce. Like, look at how much culture has moved. The after effects, I think of it like a nuclear cloud. You know, I felt the radiation from that moment. <laughs> from that moment, forever. Yes. Forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I do feel like this is a safe space to tell you about maybe my biggest gossip obsession. Historical gossip. Okay, Bridgerton. I am a Anne Boleyn stan <laughs> from the moment... <laughs> 
<laughs> I was born. I was just like, give me the Dear America series. Uh, give me the other Bolin girl. I am obsessed with the War of the Roses. Like, it is, I think, Real Housewives, but in, like, 1534. Those are the Wikipedia pages that I am in consistently. I am just like, this is the fourth Henry that I've seen in the past 10 minutes, and I don't know how to keep them straight, but he's important. <laughs> My love of gossip runs so deep. Like, there's so many nights I know I should go to bed, but I can't stop scrolling down the personal life sections on Wikipedia pages. So I got to wondering, if Miss Frizzle took a magic school bus into my brain while I'm devouring some hot goss, what would she find? I'd watch the episode. But we don't got the budget. So <laughs> today, you get Sir Frizzle for shizzle. That's me. <laughs> Is it time for Josh Academy? Everyone get your notebooks out because I am about to take you to school for a top-notch lecture I'm calling. This is your brain on gossip, girl. Well, in true Blair Waldorf fashion, I have my leather-bound notebook and my fountain pen ready to go. (laughs) Let's get the projector fired up. Okay. To start off here, before we get to the brand, first we got to talk the gossip industrial complex. Okay, I'm pretty sure you just made that up. Absolutely did. (laughs) But stay with me. I'm with you. Okay, so imagine. Every day, billions of pieces of gossip are imported from all around the world. Hey, we got a fresh pile of gossip here. Picked up and dropped off at talk shows, Twitter, page six, barbershops, schoolyards, water coolers, Podcasts. Hey. (laughs) Churches. Preach. Buddhist monasteries. Probably, right? What else do they have to do but talk shit? Come on. (laughs) So that gossip makes its way to your friends, your neighbors' aunts, your aunts, and they pass along the gossip to you. Now, can someone in the class give me an example of gossip? Oh, pick me. (laughs) Um, I think an example of gossip would be like, Naomi Campbell hitting someone with her cell phone? Perfect example. Let's say your friend tells you the gossip. Did you hear Naomi Campbell threw her phone at her assistant in Paris? That piece of gossip enters a little factory called the human brain, where it gets processed by the prefrontal cortex, and that's where things really heat up. That's where we think about information in relation to ourselves, right? It's what makes us feel better about ourselves. So, like, the Judge Mathis department. (laughs) Judge Maybelline. (laughs) Gossip just can make you feel like you're not as messy as you are. I mean, not you, specifically. No, no. It definitely makes me feel better about my messiness. (laughs) And on top of that, there's studies that have linked gossiping with the brain-releasing oxytocin. Love on the brain. That's the love (laughs) hormone, isn't it? Exactly. Oxytocin can make us feel happy and connected to others. In other words, when we gossip, oxytocin levels rise and our pleasure centers light up. Oh, yeah. Now, before class is dismissed, can I get a volunteer to summarize today's lesson? Ooh, ooh, me, me, call me. My hand's up. (laughs) Sir Gwen, Sir Frizzle. (laughs) 
Okay, Rachel. <clears throat> so, the big takeaways are, one, gossip can come from anywhere. Two, our brains actually put a lot of work into doing things that seem really simple. And three, part of the reason it's fun to gossip is because these feel-good hormones and chemicals get released when we talk shit. A plus. Great class today. Remember to turn in your midterms on Tuesday. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so now we know why we like gossip scientifically. But what I want to know is what makes celebrity gossip specifically just so irresistible? Mm. Why are we drawn to talking about famous people we don't know and will probably never know? It's a really good question. And to answer that, I think we have to turn to a true expert. Josh and I called up Andrea McDonald. I'm Andrea McDonald. I'm associate professor and director of the communication program at Providence College. She's the author of the book, Reading Celebrity Gossip Magazines, which is a deep dive on the history and sociology of celebrity gossip. Child, I'm over here playing teacher, and she's over there with, like, an actual seminar-level class on the subject with, like, actual-ass office hours and a whole-ass curriculum. (laughs) I'll say right after we hopped on the phone with Andrea, I knew immediately that we had picked the right person to go to when she made such a great point about our society's relationship to gossip. It's a problem that gossip and popular culture is trivialized because it's so often feminized. When the conversation, regardless of who is involved in terms of gender, is feminized, it's dismissed. But especially today, I feel like popular culture is a mirror through which we are constantly thinking about politics and to ignore it is to really neglect where people are in the conversation. The reason I think it's so great is because I say this all the time, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) This is like why we started Back Issue. I wanted to give spotlight to things that seem easy to trivialize, but things that we know are important to us, you know? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I feel like anytime something is like really visible and widely circulated, even if it seems silly or not serious, that visibility merits thoughtful analysis. Right. Like, everyone's talking about Kim Kardashian's butt, and you're telling me that there's not a critical, serious conversation to be had? Like, I don't believe you. And one of the reasons we do talk about celebrity gossip is that it really often feels like it's everywhere. All the time. But that actually wasn't always the case. Fame has existed for millennia. So we can think about King Tut. We still know who King Tut is. There was no Instagram, right? But we wouldn't necessarily think about that as celebrity. Celebrity is linked tightly with the development of media. I would really start with photography and the ability to mechanically reproduce one's own image. So now when we have photography becoming more accessible, now we can start to see imagery in newspapers, for example. And so we think about that kind of relationship to famous figures becoming more intimate as we move up through film and then especially radio, the famous voice 
comes into the domestic space of the home. This is Mrs. Eleanor Roosevelt's own program. To my favorite husband, starring Lucille Ball. General Electric program, starring Miss Judy Garland. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to start... And, you know, being able to hear and see the same people day after day, week after week, we grow that sense of personal connection with them. And in the early 2000s is really this critical moment of flux. And there's this explosion of celebrity culture. I mean, that phrasing, an explosion of celebrity culture, it's perfect. There is no other way to describe the turn of the century. When you think back to what was happening around 2000, it felt like we really were seeing a new evolution of celebrity culture. Yeah, there was just this way that celebrities started having global international reach in a way they'd never had before. They had this ability to take over the world. The Spice Girls went from nobodies to international pop icons. And the ways that politics and celebrity like started to overlap. Mm. Roll this around on your tongue. Governor-elect Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, of course, reality television. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. I feel like reality TV made gossip come to life in a way, like right in front of our eyes, on our screens, in our homes. In our homes, in our living rooms. And it helped create this system of people, this cast of celebrity, right? That were famous for For being being famous. famous. (laughs) (laughs) And to that point, obviously the biggest change of this era was how the internet basically rewrote celebrity culture. And how celebrity culture rewrote the internet, right? Because you have Google Images. Who do we think? J-Lo's Versace dress and all y'all that were Mm. looking for pictures for it. And we have YouTube. Who do we have to thank? Janet Jackson. Actually, you have to thank Justin Timberlake for leaving Janet out there. But that's a whole different episode. It's on site, Justin. (laughs) At the same time, we see this explosion of media technology. We also get the ability for photographers to shoot digitally and then to not only have that image, but to be able to send it instantaneously over the internet to anywhere in the world. Photo editors who ran the industry in the 90s have told me that they would be sitting on a red eye getting the photos from LA to New York. My jaw dropped (laughs) when Andrea said that. Shocked, I tell you. I forgot about the concept of photos being a physical item in (laughs) the real world. Like object permanence? I don't know her. Who is she? (laughs) Who is she? And when you think about it, it really is a big difference when you're not seeing photos from a movie premiere last week. But instead, you're getting a picture of Lauren Conrad at Le wearing true religion jeans 30 minutes ago, you know? It's different. I I don't think I've ever heard a more 2000s combination of words in my whole, my whole <laughs> life. And, I mean, there's definitely one word that summarizes this era of celebrity culture. Brangelina. 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 They are the Brangelina brand. The Brangelina love triangle. The whole Jen, Brad, Angelina triangle was completely on fire. It made everybody go crazy in Hollywood. Andrea really helped to break down why the story sold so many magazines for years. And years. And years. And years. And years. That story gave us a way of thinking about how we identify with the characters, if you will, in that story that may or may not reflect reality. 
it played on so many of the archetypes that are easily accessible. Uh, idea of Jennifer Aniston as the girl next door, and she's this blonde, which again, to feed into the stereotypic idea of the ingenue, and Brad Pitt as this kind of American hunk, and then Angelina Jolie, of course, at the time was presented as this kind of rebel, and then the whole discourse of a romance breaking up, a new romance beginning, and gossip often is about staking a claim of what we think and why. Everything Andrea's describing about this key moment in the celebrity gossip timeline, it really all culminates in the invention of social media. So when we get to like 2008, of course, the gossip magazines go away because we don't need them anymore. I can go directly to Beyonce's personal account and I can see what she's saying. I don't need a gatekeeper. And that changes things again. So each of these iterations of media change both what's possible and the public engagement with the celebrity culture. I think that that is a really interesting note to end on with Andrea. And I want to talk to you about it for a second, because Beyonce is a really important figure in the way that this gossip industry works. Yes. Like, celebrity culture and gossip is always really centered around white people. But she's probably one of the first artists that's been able to really dictate how the media and how gossip should function around her and use it to her advantage without having to, like— give up much. And to Andrea's thesis, seeing the amount of followers a celebrity has, like Beyonce, it also shows the public's desire to know and to talk about their personal life, mm -hmm. aka to gossip. What if gossip is media's DEI consultant? Mm. <laughs> right? If you're Doja Cat or you're Lizzo and you're able to show these companies, look, Look at all these conversations that are happening online. Mm -hmm. It only begs the question, like, why can't Lizzo or Doja Cat be on the cover of these magazines as well as Brangelina for years? I feel like social media has really helped to democratize fame in a way. Like, the amount of followers or views you have becomes this undeniable figure that you can point to and say, hey, look. I know you don't care about me, but these people do. And that can help an artist convince a record label or a magazine or a studio or some other white gatekeeper that doesn't think that their look or their life or their vibe will be of interest to the public. It can convince these gatekeepers to give these new people opportunities. But also as well, on the other hand... <laughs> That doesn't seem fair, right? No, not at all. We've always had a lot of Black spaces, like media, like Black people have always gone and found their corner and made it the most popping in one, right? Like, you got Jet, Vibe, BET. It makes me think, maybe the question isn't like, why isn't Lizzo or Doja Cat on the cover of Vogue? Maybe the question is actually like, why do we equate being on the cover of Vogue as something more elite than being really celebrated by Black Twitter. Well, Josh, we're going to talk more about that divide and the current state of celebrity gossip with the host of the podcast, Who Weekly, right after the break. Hold up. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully, no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Well, Josh, we're back and we're here with two gossip luminaries. I I can't contain my excitement. I, I, I think I'm just going to have to let them introduce themselves. My name is Lindsay Weber and I am the co-host of Who Weekly. My name is Bobby Finger and I'm the co-host of Who Weekly as well. I thought y'all were going to do it like, and we are Destiny's Child, like together. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really cool. And we are Who Weekly. <laughs> So, for anyone that doesn't know, Who Weekly is a podcast about celebrities in the pop culture landscape. And y'all have these two main categories that you use to identify folks. The who's and the them's. Can y'all break down those labels for us? Who's are the celebrities that are on the front page of all your favorite websites, on the covers of magazines, who you see all the time and you're inundated by these names and you don't understand who they are or why they're famous. That's our sweet spot. And the thems are the ones who are essentially A and B listers. They're the people who you say, oh, them, as opposed to who? Who is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these who's are they're on the come up. They want attention. They maybe want to be them. Some of them are happy staying who's, but some of them want attention. And those are the people who are most fun to talk about because they welcome a conversation. How much of the division between who to them is racial? Like, Mm. there are people who are extremely Black famous and maybe white people haven't heard of them. But like, within Black community and Black circles, they are like the shit. I think a lot of that has to do with like the like mastheads, you know, like the people that become really famous are the people that are on the front page of people who are on the cover of Us Weekly. And it's like, as long as the people who are in those positions are predominantly white and predominantly like grandfathered in from an earth from like decades past, the gatekeepers, um, as long as that is the case, I think that they will predominantly be white, you know, just because they're the ones who are the arbiters of cover stories. I do think it's all about these voices of people who are making the culture, the editorial voice behind it all, you know? Like Bobby and I, for example, right? Like we decide like- What we talk about, yeah. Exactly. And that's something that we've had to really look at because it can't just be whatever is natural, whatever we're exposed to. That's not fair. It's also just, we need to look more places, which we actively do. 
And y'all have had a lot of practice doing that because you've been doing Who Weekly for six whole years now. And I think the thing we're most interested in hearing from y'all is, what are the stories that your listeners have responded to the most? And why do you think that is? Despite the fact that we've done this for six plus years, I was so surprised by the number of calls we got about the Try Guys. Ned Fulmer leaves the Try Guys after admitting to cheating on his wife Ariel with a co-worker. The YouTube stars will be taking a short hiatus. On Labor Day weekend, multiple fans alerted us that they had seen Ned uh, and an employee engaging in public romantic behavior. I did. I thought people would kind of like violently not care, like militantly <laughs> be against any sort of Try Guys discourse like out of spite. <laughs> yes, but I was I was so wrong. But they were um, curious. They, they were, were cu- curious. It was curiosity that I think really drove that one. It was just like, why are all these people talking about this thing that I don't seem to know about? And and, and mm-hmm. I think half of the audience goes, actually, this is something that I've been secretly and very shamefully following for the past <laughs> whatever years it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is yeah. an amazing split between I'm the expert and I've never heard of this. And I think that's like kind of the magic of the podcast because there's always mm-hmm. going to be two people in a room, one knows and one doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. The other things that were recent were G Flip and Chriselle. Oh. G Flip as someone who <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I'm I'm sorry. What what's a G Flip? G Flip oh, is wow. G Flip yes. is a singer. This is a great question. What is a G Flip? What is G Flip? Is a singer musician from Australia mm-hmm. who has a pretty like small cult following like in like the Haley Kyoko Tinashe Charlie XCX realm of celebrity so it's like hyper pop yes but like but like kind of niche pop lovers okay. like okay. love G Flip yeah yeah and Chriselle Staus the star of Selling Sunset was dumped by her husband and started dating this extremely niche extremely Australian non-binary musician. And mm-hmm. Chriselle Staus has never identified, at least publicly, as queer. So this was like, whoa, what's Chriselle Staus up to? We love this for her because she is a very sympathetic character in the show. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think that because right. she is so sympathetic, people were very endeared to her and wanted the best for her. And like anyone coming out later in life or like in their 30s plus is, I mean, I love stories like that and the yes. listeners yeah, love stories like that. Um, but wait, are the G Philippians, are, are, do they love, do they like her? <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes, they do. Chriselle, yeah, because I think Chriselle okay. is adding fame power to G Flip, and they're like, mm-hmm. yes, yes, this rules okay. for G Flip. And Chriselle is so into G Flip's music. Right. Are there stories that feel very niche, but like you're like, I will talk anyone's ear off about this thing? <laughs> At this point, it's like every story. <laughs> I was deep into Leah Michelle Gate, like whether oh, she could read or not. God. I'm sorry. She just so like, wouldn't say, I can read. Why won't you just say that? <laughs> Leah Michelle is a great example because it was so much fun to talk about because it felt like you were in on some sort of secret inside joke. Mm -hmm. And then the joke became a little less insidery and a Mm -hmm. little more broadly covered. And it got a little less interesting, honestly. Like, you know, like it got less fun. You're right. Like the minute she was asked about this, it was ruined. Like the minute Leah Michelle was asked, can you read? Like, I don't want to hear this anymore. (laughs) When it was, (laughs) and then you have to explain why were people wondering if she could read? It's like, oh, well, it goes back to this and this. And Mm -hmm. it's more of a kind of reactionary joke 
to a person who everyone feels is a bully, right? Right. Mm -hmm. We are taking back Mm -hmm. the bullying agency here, Mm -hmm. uh, this Mm -hmm. very powerful person by saying they can't read, which is inherently, unfortunately, funny. Like, being illiterate is not a funny thing, but... Right, and I was like, I had a lot of problem with that, too, because I was like... I have a problem with that, too. I feel like LeVar Burton is about to come out and just, like, give me a strong talking to. (laughs) No, you're correct. It's not funny, but everyone's everyone's laughing. If if the tables had turned, if Leah Michelle had been Chriselle Staus, who everyone feels sympathy for, we wouldn't have laughed at literacy jokes Mm -hmm. because Leah Michelle made herself a villain over the past few years. I think it was much easier to laugh at. You know, like you need villains. And I think also it's because she can clearly read. I, I mean, I, I think that's why it's funny. Right, it's she can not, read. You know, it's not. She can read. Okay. <laughs> no. If you actually thought she couldn't read, you would feel bad. Like you wouldn't that's be true. laughing yes, at it. That's you would true, be like, yeah. Let, get this poor girl some phonics, like I, hooked on. <laughs> There's like a punching up that it feels yes. like it is. Yes. 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 So you know? I, I yes. think that yes. that's the problem mm-hmm. where it, it becomes unfunny and then the joke kind of fades away mm-hmm. and, and we kind of like steer away from it because we don't don't need people, you know, saying to us, oh, it's not nice to say people can't read. Oh, trust me, I know that. It is not nice. But like um, mm-hmm. in this scenario, it gave us a giggle for all these reasons that are very specific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess kind of following up on that, do y'all think that that's a good barometer of how to engage in gossip? Like if there is an ethical way, is the question to ask something like, is this fun to talk about? Do you feel weird talking about it? Mm, yeah. I mean, we we luckily, uh, uh, you know, the Olivia Wilde, Jason Sudeikis mm-hmm. thing, that's like obviously a little bit themmy for us. But, you know. I, I mean, I wanted to talk about Spitgate. It felt like. <laughs> oh, my God. Spitgate it, was. It was like the, the lowest stakes, most fun. Funniest part of this entire thing. <laughs> Slapgate move over. Spitgate is here. A lot of people think that Harry spit on Chris. He did not spit on Chris Pine. But think about it. Spitgate was public. Spitgate was in front of people, right? Like this other stuff is like text messages from a driveway, text Mm -hmm. messages from a bedroom. And it's the same reason why talking about Wendy Williams, who is like the patron Mm -hmm. saint of celebrity gossip, is difficult. Because it's like, what is Wendy Williams going through? We don't know, but we feel we're talking about it. So maybe that is, like you said, the sign that we shouldn't talk about it. Because if we feel we're talking about something, I think everyone's going to feel we're talking about it. And again, we want the facts. We want the details, you know? Right, right. So unless there's like kind of a salad dressing in the whole thing, we really don't have, we have <laughs> yeah. no interest. But you know it when you hear it. You know it when yeah. you hear it. And that's what I think the real answer is, which is annoying to say. There's no rule. Mm-hmm. Um, in your amount of time making this show, who has the most impressive to you transition from who to them? Oh. I think the number one person, I mean, it's, it's probably Cardi B. Yeah. From when we started. Because oh, I think yeah. Cardi yeah. B going from reality star, like VH1 reality star, mm-hmm. To one of the biggest musical acts. But she was also in between a vlogger. She had this yes. incredible Instagram presence. Oh, never gets cold. Yes. <laughs> I was 21 years old and I was just doing videos talking about everything, talking about shit that I talk with my friends. She was able to perform herself as a celebrity in every way. We didn't know she was a rapper until she was a rapper. We didn't know she liked music until she was a musician. Like, she really exemplifies the way that celebrity works now, which is like, you can do anything you want. If you're a comedian, you could be a singer. If you're a singer, maybe you're funny. Maybe you're Mm. a blogger. Maybe you're going to host a TV show. Maybe you're going to do that. Like, she 
almost opened that door. And when we said, like, why is this reality show person now a rapper that we have to listen to? She was like, I am one. So get over it. And I'm a good one. Yeah. So, and she was. Mm-hmm. So it's like it is one of those things where she was the first almost to prove to us that that was a thing, you know? It's I just think I don't I don't think anyone really beats her. And I think that someone yeah. who's trying to kind of mimic her in a way that is kind of fascinating is Julia Fox is someone that like oh. I know that it's only been what a year maybe less since mm-hmm. Julia Fox was sort of thrust into the public eye yeah totally and then she was Ben Safdie's muse yes mm. she was Ben Safdie for, for Anka Jams for Anka Jams <laughs> <laughs> she was a star in this like pretty big movie then we kind of didn't really hear from her after like the movie people were done with her and then all of a sudden she's yeah. doing Kanye and now she's a celebrity like on her own terms it's kind of in- an incredible comeback from that wasn't even really anyone that went away I mean is she a who or a them she's a who for sure yeah for sure <laughs> okay. but like the persistence of Julia Fox is surprising and she and Cardi keep chugging mm. that there's something really fascinating about that where it's like and that's why we talk about Rita Ora all the time because it's someone who like you you look at their like body of work as an artist and like it's not that big but they have this relevance that will not go away and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they just don't shut up who do you think the who's are that have remained who's and might remain who's for their entire life that your listeners like universally love? Like they're perfect in their who-ness. God, I mean. Bibi Rexa. <laughs> <laughs> Bibi Rexa, Ava Max. Like it's the pop stars. It's Kim Petras. Yeah. It's Charlie XCX as much as she tries. Like, But that's, music is uh, easy for that. I'm thinking of kind of the shameless, like you need like more of this, like like Gemma Collins from the UK, one yeah, of my faves. Gemma like one of, She's like a hun and <laughs> like right. kind of that genre of celebrity. All of our favorite reality stars, like post Jersey Shore Snooki, you know, like these are, mm-hmm. these are the people mm-hmm. that kind of fuel the, the kind of underbelly of celebrity media. Um, the, Heidi and Spencer, classic. <laughs> I love the pop girl examples because it's like, they're already kind of like living the fantasy a little bit. Like, you know what yes. I mean? Yes. Yeah. We always say it's it's not a value judgment. Like, right. to me and Bobby, being a who is the famous you want to be. You want mm-hmm. to not be harassed by paparazzi. You want to get a free drink in a bar if somebody maybe recognizes mm-hmm. you and says, hey, I love your work. You want to be able to essentially do what you love for your entire life, paid for by your fans but not have like the downfalls of being a celebrity which are so mm, many of them so many you want to pay your rent posting like an ad for collagen powder on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. you know like absolutely yeah that pays your rent like that's crazy i want to thank both of you for coming on it was so <laughs> yes. great yeah thanks for having us this was, this was fun. so fun In honor of Tyra Banks, the patron saint of this podcast, did we... I feel like I learned a lot. I know we joked about a seminar, but mm-hmm. I feel like I took one on gossip. It was the accelerated course. Like, when Tyra got a business degree... From Harvard in three weeks. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I learned what a prefrontal cortex does. And I learned what a G-flip is. (laughs) (laughs) We talked a lot about the idea of power leaving traditional gatekeepers, like publications and magazines. Mm -hmm. But we didn't really talk a lot about whose hands the power of gossip is going into, like... Elon Musk. 
my worst fear is just an army of Dumois. Uh, like, that can't be a good thing. <laughs> could you imagine? No, and I don't want to. I think that one of the things I learned in this episode is, like, intention is important. Mm-hmm. I loved that thing that we talked about with Bobby and Lindsay in terms of, like, does this feel good? Yeah. I think we should be able to check in and be like, uh, this mm-hmm. is probably, like, not good gossip, or this is fine, you know? Yeah, a gut check. Gossip gut check. Gossip gut check. I mean, that gossip gut check only becomes more important as we think about the fact that conduits of gossip are now able to kind of hide behind anonymity and monikers and social handles. So we truly don't know where the gossip is coming from or who it's flowing through. Or even if it's true, because like, what's the difference between gossip and a conspiracy theory and fake news, right? Not fake news in 2022. Oh, no, child. I don't know. I just think that gut check is really important. Same, same. And the gut check is important because these questions are so thorny. So thorny. Just a thorn bush, roses. (laughs) 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 And we're going to leave some of these roses for you, the listener, to think about Mm. as we go back to where we started. Where we start? Gossip. Did you see the latest Real Housewives of Potomac episode? I did! You know that Sharice has two R's and two S's in her name, but she didn't have any bathroom (laughs) in that house that they rented out? Because she's extra, she has to have the best of everything. Back Issue is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. I'm the host and senior producer, Josh Gwynn. Back Issue was created by myself and Tracy Clayton. Our producers are Janelle Anderson, Xandra Ellen, and Ari Saperstein. Our editors are Leela Day and Emmanuel Hapsis. Our managing producer is Bria Mariette. Our executive producer is Leela Day. And our intern is Noah Camuso. Today's episode was produced by Ari Saperstein and edited by Emmanuel Hapsis. Our sound engineers include Sharon Bardales, Davey Sumner, Jason Richards, Jade Brooks, Marina Pais, Pedro Avira, and Raj Makija. Art designed by Cadence 13 and original music by Raj Makija and Don Will. Executive producers for Pineapple Street Studios are Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Regarding Josh. You can follow the show on Instagram at Podcast and... If you use the hashtag BackIssuePodcast to talk about it on Twitter, you sound like you like chaos, and I like you. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever free podcasts are sold. You can leave a review. Tell your friend, tell your family, tell your enemy, tell everyone, because it really, really does help. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.